Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle, and all month we have kind of gotten down and juicy with a lot of things. We've talked about a lot of things that people don't like to talk about. We have talked about some kind of taboo subjects. And some of those taboo subjects are the more blatant in-your-face subjects. And some of those taboo-type subjects are things about, like, wise women and medicine and our ability to heal and to nurture without pharmaceuticals, using things like energy medicine and touch. And that is part of the reason that I am so excited for our guest today. Um, Our guest today is Naomi Love, and she's an internationally known mystic medicine woman. Her abilities are incredible because they're not limited to just one modality. Um, She's been doing her work throughout this lifetime as well as through many other lifetimes, and she has studied with masters literally since she was a young woman herself. To date, she's worked with over 60,000 clients, that's 60,000, not 6,000, and has trained over 70 practitioners in her holistic system of medicine. She calls it the wise womb medicine that works with all beings in all stages of life and on all levels, paralleling her holistic approach to working with yourself and others and nature through this wise womb way. And part of the reason that I have her on this month when we're talking about sex in particular is because sex is a blossoming, it's a growing, it's a creative use of things. And the womb is where life begins. The womb is literally the center from where all things begin. And that's why I wanted to have her on this month where she could share this wise womb way and all of her wisdom around holistic approaches to to growth, to feeling good. She's also got an offering for you. So definitely stay tuned until the end of the show because she's got a 10-day resilience ritual that she is offering to all of um, the listeners today for free. So with that, I'm just going to bring Naomi on. Naomi, welcome to the show. It's such an honor to have you here. Aloha, beauties. Aloha, beauty. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I, I just feel like we could probably talk for hours. <laughs> um, not only is this kind of wisdom and healing important, no matter what, but I feel like right now with all this COVID-19 stuff going on, it's even more essential for us to get back in touch with 
ourselves with the whole mystical, wise woman way. So I'm going to give you some deference here. Where would you like to start with this? Because again, it's, it's such a big thing. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Well, first, I want to invite everyone. I want to say hi. Thank you so much for being here with me. And thank you so much for having me. And if we could just start by taking a deep breath together. And just, ah, I know we're all experiencing so many different emotions and so much input and so many things are going through our minds and so many feels are being felt. (laughs) So just take a couple more deep breaths and just kind of arrive into yourself. This is the first step through any process that we come to remembering that the breath is our greatest teacher. It's our greatest helping spirit. And it's with us from the moment we take our first breath to the moment we take our last. And so right now we're really like, you know, COVID-19 is about the lungs and it's attack system is the lungs. And so the breath being an important aspect to living and being able to come in and call your breath into fullness. The breath will be your greatest teacher because if you close your eyes and you're deepening your breath, you can then tell how you're feeling based on how your breath is being breathed or how it's breathing you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is the perfect way to start because it's my belief that so much in life is so simple and it's fun to layer on all of these different things. It's fun to have singing bowls. It's fun to have herbs. It's fun to have cars and houses and clothes and like all of that stuff is fun. But when you boil it down, all we do need is that breath, that inner wisdom. And you are absolutely right. When we breathe, We know how we feel. We know how we feel. And so often we're up here in our heads and we're just plowing ahead and we have no awareness of what is going on in our bodies, let alone our minds or our hearts or our spirits, really. Yeah. Yeah. The breath is such a beautiful teacher because it can... Like the moment you like notice that you're thinking a lot or you're thinking a thought or you're looking at the news or whatever, you'll notice if you take that pause and have like a little trigger built in and just notice what's happening with your breath. Is it being held? Is it tight? And that is input. It's information. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you teach yoga as well as many other practices, but so many of those practices have that breath in common. And it, it's, it's kind of like it doesn't matter if you're doing it right or wrong or one way or the other. It's all breath. And I love how you even brought in the first breath because I know you're a doula as well and you do, you know, the birth work. And then carrying it through to the last breath. That is the only thing, really, (laughs) that is consistent throughout our lives. Yeah, it really is. And it holds so much wisdom. Yes. Yes. So for listeners who are out there thinking, wow, 
I, I have never thought about that. That's beautiful. Do you have any simple practices that you can share with them that they might be able to implement when their mind is running away with them and when they think, oh, I'm going to take a breath. (gasps) There, I did it. It's fine. (gasps) I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell. (laughs) I love that. So working with like 60,000 clients is a lot of clients. You know, that's a lot of people. Yes. And one thing that I started to see the pad- The cool thing about that is you start to see patterns. You get to see different things that we all kind of have, but we don't necessarily, we're not necessarily conscious to it. Yes. So what I started to see is how people would be like, no, I'm totally relaxed. And their like shoulders are in their ears and their jaws clenched and their bellies like clenched. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting to me. We're not really connected to our bodies and our bodies hold so much wisdom. And if you're talking about like juicy sexuality, the, I teach wise womb medicine. It's a holistic system of medicine, the wise womb way, wise womb medicine path. Like it's a lot of womb. It's a lot of wombs. But the reason why I often actually realize I don't talk about the womb that much because it is the thing that's all encompassing and all of these other foundational pieces have to be in place in order to go in and do this work from what I've seen in clinical practice and traveling the world and my own experiences. If you're doing womb healing and you're doing like presencing with sexuality, where's the breath? Right. If we can befriend this body that is ours, let alone an energetic or physical organ system, right? But we have to have the breath because that is where our attention goes, energy flows. So the breath will bring our attention to a place inside the body with intention. And then our attention fills that space. So if you're noticing that you're not breathing, the beautiful thing in the body of work that I teach is there's no wrong way. And nobody else's is this. Nobody else's is. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> nobody else's idea is the right way. It's understanding and learning how to listen to your body and to your system because your system is unique. If I listened to everybody else telling me how to do things, I would be a very different practitioner. I do things very different. I'm often the salmon swimming in the opposite direction as all the other ones, you know, and you have to listen to how your body and your breath work. And so if you're like, oh, shit, I'm thinking, and you're like, it's like, well, how did that make you feel? If you did that short breath and you're like, okay, I'm done, how did that make you feel? And so we use the breath to just let us know, like, oh, that was a really short breath. And then, look, I – wanted it to be done and over, huh? So I wonder what I'm avoiding. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. And then there's no, oh, you shouldn't be avoiding anything or you should be spiritual or you should be doing any specific practice all the time. To me, it's because I actually like rebel against that idea. I'm like, I don't want to do it. You want me to exercise? No, I'm not doing it, you know? So we end up having that part of us that then creates more resistance and more resistance keeps us caught in our egoic sheath of separation, you know, from the whole. Mm -hmm. A little esoteric there, but you're with me. And so if we can just take that pause and say, okay, I'm going to just see how it feels if I take a short breath. How does it feel? And we're actually looking to feel good. 
Yes. Yes. Does it feel good? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> go with that. Does that, you know, it could, it could go into sexuality. It can go into ever. Does it feel good? Right. Right. No, that is so, the doesn't feel good question is so important. And I actually just started talking about that today, coincidentally, with my Facebook um, group in terms of our culture has got some strange beliefs around pleasure and feeling good. And oftentimes we chase pleasure. We want it. We want to feel good. But we also have this belief that we don't deserve it or until the work is done, we can't get it. And then we are have so many shoulds and layers of belief and all of this stuff around us that we really do lose touch with what does feel good. And I think for many people, just like what you said, taking a short breath versus taking a long breath. I think that's going to create some disruption in people because they'll say, I don't know. I don't know. I've never thought about how I feel when I do that. I've never thought about how it feels to actually taste food. I just shove it in. I never thought about how it feels to hug somebody that you love versus an obligatory hug that makes you feel comfortable. We are so disconnected in so many different areas of our lives just because of our culture and our system. So I appreciate very much that you talk about how does it feel? Notice that. And then what you said about the breath and the intention, whether it's the womb or the heart or the big toe (laughs) or the shoulder, yes, breathing into those different places there's an infinite number of possibilities and I can see how that is very healing. So in the work that you do with people, you're starting with this breath. You're starting with this attention. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to, it seems to be that we collectively need to be updated. (laughs) <laughs> sort of the word uh, to use like a computer analogy we need like our upgrade we need like our operating systems are not functioning in a way that actually aligns with our true nature and so that you know pleasure and deserve uh desire to me i realized that uh i thought desire was sort of a bad word mm-hmm Notice that I thought that, but I realize over time that I really can see how it's like, who are you to desire? And isn't that privilege? And like, there's all these, you know, beings and human or, or animal or nature that are suffering. So who are you to desire anything? Yeah. And then I was writing today and I was writing about my story around resonance. And for those who will uh, join into the resilience ritual, you'll, you'll learn about resonance through that. But as I was telling about my resonance journey, I was thinking about just how disoriented we are towards the feeling of pleasure and towards things that feel good. And it's not spiritually bypassing to want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a healer, I was like, so um, my beginning years were so like to be of cert- like healer held a certain archetypal 
this is what it is. You give and you're here to serve and that's what you do. And I did that at my own expense. Yes. Where I was giving so much out that it's not that I didn't also self-care, but it was like I didn't have a life outside of giving. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm like working with resonance and and the breath and what is desire and what is pleasure, what are these things? What is joy? It's like, does it bring you joy? It's actually, oh, it's okay to choose things that bring you joy. And the thing is, is that the mechanism where we assess joy and what may be triggers or what may be addictions is different. And so we have to get really clear on in our intuitive bodies, in our resonance, in ourselves, so that we understand what our inner navigational system is actually directing us towards. Because let's say like a bottle of wine every day is maybe not going to actually bring you joy, where in your head you're like, no, this brings me joy. Chocolate cake brings me joy. But it's not that kind of joy. It's the kind of joy that Marie Kondo talks about when it's time to redo all the crap in your house and get rid of shit. Yes. You're looking at your drawers, literal drawers and drawers, and you're looking at them and you're saying, does this bring a spark of light and lightness inside of my system. Absolutely. Yes. So that's kind of like the, I feel like the, yes, the breath is always a part of it. It's always a part of everything that I do, but we, and we also need this like re understanding of what we are as humans and how we work. And what I see is most of us are not oriented in the right direction because we're not actually tuned into our own resonance. We're not tuned into our vibrational offering. And so because we're not really tuned in, we're tuned out, which means we're up here. And then we're disconnected from our breath and our bodies and pleasure and all of those yummy things. And then we feel victim to experiences that we're having in our lives. But it's oftentimes because we're not actually clear and what we are orienting ourselves towards or what we're wanting to experience. Yes. And I want to go a little bit deeper on that for listeners because I am so passionate in myself around that idea and sharing that idea with people. And I liked how you talked about what you're orienting yourself for because we do prepare ourselves for so many different things in life. We get a degree or a training in order to teach that modality. We, you know, get a loan in order to buy a house. We understand that cause and effect, that order of things. I have to do this if I want to do that. I have to do this if I want to do that. But sometimes within ourselves, we lack that awareness. If I want to feel good and joyful and happy in my body, what do I need to do? And I think many people go, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it takes a little bit of sight, I guess, um, a little bit of imagination. Mm -hmm. Because I think that we actually do know, but we're afraid to say it. I, I love that. Afraid of also taking responsibility if it doesn't work or if we like, quote unquote, choose the wrong, what we might say is wrong thing. Mm-hmm. 
end up with the result that we weren't looking for. We then were ashamed. We feel like we did something wrong. So there's so much like interplay in our unconscious and our subconscious realms that end up playing out into all of these things. Because if we say like, what do you want? And I asked myself, for those who who are listening, I had the story of when I went back to Hawaii the last time, I went with no agenda and no plan, nothing. And I was just like, let me just not set any sail. And let me just let the wind carry me. And I had no desire. I had no will. I just played with, let's just see. I want to experiment with how that works out. And it was challenging to not have any want, right? To allow yourself to just be carried by the wind wherever the wind sees fit. And I had written on my journal, what do you want? And I was like, it didn't, I didn't write it in, fill it in until this year. So it's four years. I left that blank just to sit there to say, I don't want to want anything. And let's just see how that goes. But we do have desires. We have a desire to be cozy in our bed, to be healthy, to like have access to hot water, right? We have, we do have desire. And so we have to admit that we do. And I think that we're afraid of that. Yes, I agree. And, you know, since this month is all around taboo, and you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of taboo around having a desire and there's taboo around not knowing. I think that's something else that in our culture, we don't give people the grace and space of not knowing, you know, whether you're a kid going to college, what do you mean you're an undeclared major? How can you not know, you know, or whether you're 30 and you're thinking, you're questioning your life or you're 50 and your kids are suddenly, you know, leaving home and you're an empty nester going, I don't know what I want. We don't hold space for that. Not knowing it's taboo, not to be, not to know. So I think that's important. And we're not comfortable in not knowing because there's never been space held for it. Yes. And so the not knowing we need trust in order to not know and be okay in the not knowing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we're not really great at is allowing ourselves to not know or yes. allowing ourselves to have desire. I call it the art of allowing, right? That's It's actually like a, pro- a practice that is a process. It takes time to be able to, who do you, when you start to build, I'll say this, when you start to build a deeper relationship with your intuition and with your body and your inner knowing, then you're starting to, and you listen, you start to listen to that and take action where it's kind of like nudging you to take action. Then you actually start to build more trust with yourself. And the more trust that you have with yourself means the more trust that you have when you're in that unknown, that you will know when you know. Yes. Yes. And I think it's been fascinating to watch the world, but especially us in the U.S., respond to the whole COVID-19 thing because most of the rhetoric is around how can I know? You know, and whether we're, we're all looking for experts who will know when will the economy open? When will this be? Who will die? It's all around not knowing. And I think that sense of panic that we're experiencing is around that. Yeah. Do you have any tips or techniques that you can share with the listeners who are saying, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And I don't know what to do with it because space has not been held for it. 
help me, Naomi, what do I do right now? So right now, I would say, close your eyes and deepen your breath. Yes. <laughs> that is going to always be the answer. Yes. And take a moment as you close your eyes and you deepen your breath and just say hello to yourself. Like say hello, because the thing is, is we don't really have a primary relationship with ourselves. We have primary relationships as our roles in the world, as mm -hmm. a wife or a husband or a mother or a business person or the healer or the author. But like, what is your relationship to you? And so when you close your eyes in this lineage, the wise woman way, it's we want to actually like speak out loud because when we speak out loud as though I may make a world of crazy people talking to themselves, <laughs> which would be hilarious, but is that when you're saying it out loud, like, hello, and you touch your heart or you touch your skin, you say, hello, you're not in your mind anymore. There's a different part of you that comes forward. When your eyes are closed and you're just thinking thought, that's a different part of you. And that part usually works with the circus. Yes. Yeah. It's like So when you speak out loud, it actually focuses your attention. And you're like, oh, hey, 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 there you are, right? Yes. So closing your eyes, deepening the breath, and just saying hello to yourself. And see if you can just tune in to what you're feeling. What are you feeling? What are you noticing? And in the first video that I'm offering you all for the resilience ritual, um, I talk about the art of inner alchemy practice, and it's like the foundational practice that I teach that touches and helps you get to the place inside of yourself where you can meet what arises without being afraid of it, mm. without skipping over it, and without ignoring it. And what we've been collectively doing is ignoring it. Yes. And so the more that we build a more trusting relationship with our bodies and with our intuition, with ourselves, with our spirit, when we build with all of our, with ourself. So when I say self, I mean all the selves right. <laughs> and all the manifestations of it, then we actually start to trust ourselves. That ends up translating to how we relate to others, how we relate to the world, to the earth, to nature and to our lives. So it starts with building that primary relationship inside of yourself with you from a place of empowerment. We need to build emotional intelligence. We need to build some inner awareness so that we understand, oh, shit, I'm in my mind. Excuse me. Oh, crap, I'm in my mind. Oh, yes. I'm shortening my breath. Oh, I was just a jerk. Oh, yes. I got it. We got to be real. And I call it reality check because we're often like in this idea of who we think we are, but the reality of what we're actually doing isn't in alignment with what we're thinking we are. So it's a matter of taking this opportunity, closing your eyes deep in the breath and just say, hello, I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to listen and see if you can start to listen. The thing is, my dears, is that the mind is loud. Yes. And it often works in cahoots with our EGO. Mm -hmm. And the intuition is slow and quiet. And it's often leaning back. And it's sort of like, no, not right now. And you don't listen to it. 
and you we override it all the time mm -hmm. societally the patriarchal societal dis, uh, societal conditioning of our current reality of how we all relate to each other is the patriarchal way yes right now we have a call to action where we can start to change how we relate to ourselves it's not about worthy and deserving it's actually both off the table because if you believe that you're worthy or unworthy or deserving and undeserving, then that's to say that somebody else is or isn't also. And then right. we're in some hierarchical way of categorizing that that's all got to go. We have to step back and start to see a bigger picture to remember that you are of a loving universe, to remember that you are more than just a body, to mm -hmm. remember all of this right now is an amazing opportunity because we have not as much to do. Yes. <laughs> so we can do some inner work at least to be with what is true for us, at least to be honest with it. It's not to say you have to be doing anything right now, by the way, because I know there's also that feeling of like pressure. Right. We should be, you know, building a multi-billion dollar virtual program. Or exactly. Something. In our downtime. Yeah. <laughs> and Instagram famous or something. Like, I know that's there too. But just to start to tune in and just ask questions. Ask yourself questions. Listen to things that support your resonance. Listen to things that bring you joy. Watch things that bring you joy. Hang out with people virtually. <laughs> right. Bring Who bring you joy. <laughs> you know? So start to look for what is that spark inside. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, I'm a little turned on right now. It can be like a vagina flutter. It can be a little stomach flutter. It can be a little like a little hiccup in the heart kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I know you do a lot of work with the masculine and feminine as well. And what I was particularly drawn to in this whole wise womb tradition is masculine is that external it's that doing and it's it's absolutely necessary and you're right we are all relating to people to each other in this patriarchal which is the male system right now and right now we're all going within and it's it's to me it feels like the womb of the universe this is the feminine is internal it's unseen for the most part the growth happens in the womb, we don't see the baby developing, <laughs> but a lot's going on under the surface. And that's that feminine and that deep and dark and nurturing and growing. And it is such a perfect time. Like you said, close the eyes, breathe, go within and let's grow some of that joy, some of that intuition, some of that pleasure, not in a doing sense that by four o'clock tonight, I am going to have intuition, but in the, what does, like he said, it, it could be a flutter of excitement or even noticing that dread and then knowing, no, that's not where I'm going to go. I, I feel sick with that. I'm not leaning in that direction because I'm noticing how I feel. Yeah. yeah. The masculine is like the, the Tupperware that holds the soup. <laughs> The, the feminine is the essence. It's the soup inside the Tupperware. So the masculine energy, there's the thing about the way that we categorize things culturally is that 
we separate like masculine good, bad, feminine good or bad. And it's not about either of those things because we want to get beyond the duality of how we see things as these like two sides. The Dalai Lama says wisdom doesn't appear in duality. So lean back until you can see the macrocosm of what you're seeing is only one-sided. And so the masculine, we need that. We need the container. But what else are you going to put your soup in? Right. Like, I just moved to this house. I don't have, like, any supplies. And I'm like, I don't have anything to put my – like, I have a bowl. I'm like, but I don't have a Tupperware. I don't have a container. I'm like, we need to have the things that hold the things, you know? And so the masculine, it's linear. We need that. We need the arrow, right? Yes. That arrow. And the feminine is spiral. It's the essence. It's the – but we can't have one without the other. You can't have the yin without the yang. You can't have the light without the dark. And one isn't more mobeta than another. And so if we can recognize that inside of ourselves with our emotions as well, with our breath, with our thought patterns, like, of course, there's, does this thought bring you more pain and suffering or more joy? Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you want to skip over that thought and say never again, because it's probably going to come back. But it's to say, what can I choose right now? It's to remember that you're an empowered being. You have the power to shift your narrative, to shift your vibrational offering. You mm-hmm. have the power to shift your resonance, to attune yourself towards your heart, to start to listen and to ask yourself, because you are your best guide and you know yourself better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have to share this before we take a quick break and move to the next part. On my shelf, I have got a two-sided sponge. It's a sponge where half of it is um, pink and half of it is blue. And it's there to remind me that if I'm looking at it this way, it's a blue sponge. If I'm looking at it the other way, it's a pink sponge. But the bottom line is it is a sponge. It is not one color or the other. It is not scrubby on one side and soft on the other. It is one thing and it is a sponge and it has many aspects to that one thing. So I, yeah, I thought you would enjoy that. Now we're going to take a quick second for a break. And when we come back, we are going to move through the five steps of flaunt and applying this wise womb, this wise woman medicine to these five steps. So hang on. We will be right back with Naomi Love. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra, Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. All right. We are back with the beautiful, talented Naomi Love, who is here to share her wisdom, her offerings about this wise woman, this wise womb technique, about tuning within, trusting yourself, starting with that foundation of breath and awareness. And, you know, a lot of these five steps of flaunt have those aspects to them. And I am so intrigued to find out her response to some of these questions. 
So as you may know, FLAUNT is an acronym. It stands for Find Your Fetish, Laugh Out Loud, Accept Unconditionally, navigate the negative and trust in your truth. And it is to that place of trusting in our own truth that we are all striving to get there. So let's start at the very beginning with desire and pleasure and fun and joy. And that's find your fetish. And a fetish is something that just lights us up inside for No apparent reason, something that just brings us joy, something that we can look at or hold or engage in, and suddenly we are just filled with excitement and we feel powerful and unstoppable. Naomi, will you share with us some of your fetishes, some of the things that you just love to do? Um, Pretty much rubbing my breasts is like the best thing in the world. So part of wise womb medicine is uh, self teaching self massage. And so rubbing the breasts is one of the most magnifying, amplifying, centering practices that we teach in the school for self care. And then that the breasts open up our sex so they are our yang organ to the yin organ of the yoni, which is the organ of receiving. And so that into womb massage and ovarian massage are my self-applied uh, happy places. And then, of course, being in nature and working with the plants and singing to the plants. And I have a very um, uh, beautiful communion with nature. So that is like the thing that lights me up the most in the entire world. I love it. I also love that you talk about touching yourself. Because when I teach dance classes, I teach, a, I teach a form of lap dance. And people externally think, oh, lap dance is for somebody else. No, no, no. A lap dance is for you. It's to touch your own body, to touch your arms, to touch your legs, to feel the gloriousness of your body moving. And I can't tell you how many people go, oh, at the idea of touching themselves. And I'm hoping, listeners, I'm hoping when she said, touch her own breast, that many of you went, ah, what? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Just because I want to point, I want to point that reaction out. I hope you had a reaction to that. And I just ask you to kind of challenge yourself lovingly and think, what is wrong if I take a shower, I touch my body? If I put on lotion, I touch my body. It's my body and it's my touch. And if it feels good, there's nothing wrong with that. There's something right with that. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. What what does feel good and why can't we enjoy it? Yeah. In my book, um, one of the first chapters I talk about the idea of self-care and that we hear self-care, self-care, self-care. And oftentimes the pushback we get is, but I don't have time for that. I don't have time to go to the spa and spend, you know, $200 on a massage and facial. And that the idea is we can brush our own hair. You can rub your own body and experience 20 seconds of self-care or two minutes of self-care for free every day. So I love that ritual. That That's just beautiful. 
One of my students uh, shared that if she didn't learn, uh, my apprentices, if she didn't learn this work this last year, that quarantine would have been a very different experience for her because we teach so much of like the hands-on and with the plants. And she's like, I haven't had anyone else touching me except for like the plants and myself. And I didn't have a relationship with myself before this kind of work where you start to explore yourself. And I was like, that just made me so happy. That makes quarantine life a little better. It sure does. And same thing with the plants. We can relate to plants. They are a living, they're a living thing. <laughs> yeah. Now the next step in flaunt is laugh out loud. What do you feel is the role of humor and laughter in your work? Thank you so much. I am a giggler, like since I was little. So at one point, a little story, I was living in India and I was living um, where the Dalai Lama is and we were um, doing meditations every day from like 3 a.m. to like 11 p.m. And at night and we were in silence the whole time. And I'm like a teenager, like being in silence for six weeks. That's like hard. Oh, I'm like chatty Kathy. And so I was I would get the giggles every night, like hysterical. I love that. Because it was the only way to release everything. We were getting all this transmission, Dalai Lama and Rinpoche's and teachings. And it was so much, but you weren't talking. So there was no outlet for it. And it was a lot of sitting. And I would get the giggles so hard. And I was there for a long time. So after a while, the monks caught on because they lived above me. And so I would get the giggles. I would laugh so hard. And then you would hear it all through the hall. It would get con- become contagious. And all the monks upstairs, hundreds of them, would be laughing. And I would start it every time. I find humor is so important. I think I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the stand-up bit, I haven't figured out how to do it yet, but it comes out when I'm teaching a lot. And it's, it's so important. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. And you know, when you were talking about breath earlier too, giggling is breathing and it's feeling good all at the same time. So it's kind of like the perfect way to marry all of those practices together with breath and noticing. And I love that when you cry, so when you laugh so hard, you cry. And sometimes you cry so hard, you laugh. Yes. So it's a, I love that it's like an in-between state. It can be either. Yes. On either side of the duality. Yes. I love that as well. The perfect, yeah, unity between them. The next step of flaunt is AU, which is the golden center of flaunt. And that's accept unconditionally. And as we were talking about earlier, it's really difficult sometimes to accept unconditionally because we don't want to feel something that's uncomfortable and we want to bypass something or we don't. It's just really, really challenging to accept unconditionally. And I was hoping you could share some of your work around unconditional acceptance to help our listeners, you know, Move, move into that, move through that with a little more grace or ease or confidence. Yeah. So what I love about it, I, apparently I'm quote, quoting the Dalai Lama today a lot, um, is the Dalai Lama says, attachment is little acceptance. 
And the beautiful thing is, is that accepting unconditionally needs to start with you, with yourself. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) And that is a tall order, I know. But the more that we build this beautiful relationship that we've been talking about with yourself, your resonance, your tuning to your true nature and your, you know, coming into your breath and you're not like your own enemy, you start to build, like befriend yourself. You start to accept when you mess up, you have more bandwidth for your own F-ups. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because the more that you can start to accept all of you, it means the less you're in denial of an aspect of yourself because denial takes up like a lot of energy. And so if you hold that, that actually can start to translate to your relationships and to your outer world. And it's not to say, like, accept, accept the government as or accept, you know, like, you can still make changes. But it's like, I feel like the key to me that I hear in that the most important piece is like acceptance within yourself and how, like, start to shift the narrative. What are the stories you tell yourself? What's the negative self-talk that's going on in there? You're so fat. You're not good enough. Everyone else is prettier. Well, whatever. Everyone on Instagram is better than you or that person is. Whatever the things are that we're telling ourselves, like that stuff has to come into love. And so I hear accept yourself 100% unconditionally. And the more that we own all of ourselves, the less disowned that we're in denial of the more accepting we can then be to others and our lives. And then we also understand that balance between when we need to take action to as needed to make a change that may be required. And thank you for saying that too, because it's not just saying I accept it all and we've got pollution and the planet's messed up and it's not just, accepting it and walking away it's accepting it realistically where it is at and saying okay let me look at this and hold space for it the way that it is and let me see it clearly and let me see myself clearly and then real change can be made because otherwise it seems like we're just spinning our wheels And nothing really is changing because we're not admitting who we are and what it is and how we can impact it or not. Yeah. Yeah. The next step to flaunt is navigate the negative. And it's my personal belief that there is nothing negative. Things just are. Everything that happens just is. It's our perception, it's our attachment, it's our idea around things that make it good or make it bad. (laughs) And the example that I use in my book is the Titanic. The Titanic saw icebergs as a really bad negative thing. But if you're on a cruise ship going to Alaska, icebergs are a really good thing because you want to see them. The iceberg itself is not positive and it's not negative, it just is. However, there's a lot of things we can do in our lives to navigate around the icebergs we don't want to crash into and around the icebergs that we want to see. But that navigation piece is sometimes difficult. 
Now, Naomi, I know you have got so many different ways of working with people, but I was hoping you could share some of the different ways that you work with people in helping them navigate their own presence, their own existence, their own life. I love uh, what you said, because as we quoted earlier, the wisdom isn't in duality. It shows up when you're leaning back and, and seeing from a whole. And so that is so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with everyone. And when we have, I want to go to, you said negative beliefs, right? When we have things that are keeping us, what I like to say is out of resonance, It's like, what is it that you truly, who are you? What do you truly have to share with this world? What is your sort of dharma? What is your energetic offering to the universe? Because you have an energetic signature. What is that signature? What is it signaling out? And what do you need to do to attune it so that it matches what you want to be signaling out? Because sometimes we're signaling out if we're like negative self-talk or we're spinning in those quote unquote, negative cycles, uh, they can be harmful because then it's matching out in and calling more uh, of those kind of quote unquote, negative experiences towards itself, which then can spiral us more into like, why is this always happening? <laughs> why me? Like, why again? Why? And so for me, when I work with like the negative belief stuff, it's important to one, get really clear on what are those stories telling you? Because there is wisdom in everything that's going on behind your closed eyes. So what is that negative story talk? What's it trying to sell you? What's the story there? What's the point of it? What's its end goal? Because it has an end goal. Is it telling you something? And so we want to get to like, what is that thing that it's telling you? What's the point of the story, right? And so then we can say, oh, like I'm not good enough or something. And it's like, okay, then we can tune in and we can say to that part of ourselves like, oh, I can really feel how I'm like not feeling good enough. And it's the beautiful thing is, is that there's a (laughs) two-sided, there's a dual wisdom here. The wisdom is in like, oh, I don't feel good enough. That feeling can be actually informing you to feel crappy about yourself so it lights a fire under your tushy to get you motivated towards doing something that you actually want to do. So it can actually serve a purpose to bring you down into the dumps to try to get you the fire under your butt. Yes. So that's something that we often ignore. They do every, all of the things, the fear, the anxiety, they're all actually messages. So it's just whether or not you were interpreting them correctly. And we need to build emotional intelligence to be able to do that. And so then the other side of that, like, oh, I'm not good enough is like, okay, well, there may be a part of you that doesn't feel good enough. What does that part of you who's feeling that way right now in this moment need? And it's something you can give you. It's not something anybody else gives you. It's something you can give you. All you, most, I'm going to give you a a big key secret. (laughs) Are you ready? Everybody wants to be seen, witnessed, and acknowledged and to feel safe and to feel loved. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. That's just it. 
So when you have that feeling, what if you could see it, witness it, hear it, acknowledge it, and love it? Yes. Then you have transformation. Then you have something that's not nagging at you all the time, trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. Giving it the attention that it needs. And then you might think it to say, wow, I didn't realize that I was feeling not enough and that that was the motivating force that was getting me to be enough. Like being worried about, like, let's say you were doing a podcast and for the first time and you're freaking out about it, like, oh my God, I don't know if I've never done an interview before. Like, this is so scary and you have anxiety about it. You're afraid. You're like, face is twitching. That is there because it's getting you to be detailed. You've got right. all your ducks in a row because of that fear, because of that anxiety. It's a driver and it won't be there until you don't need it anymore. Yes. Yeah, that's a great example. Thank you. And then that last step of flaunt, and we've talked about this a little bit already, is trust in your truth. And you were just so spot on when you said, we're, we all know our own truth. We are it. It's different for everybody. And we are the only ones who know and can interpret that truth. And I was just hoping you could close out the interview by sharing with the listeners a little bit about your truth, exclusive of your labels, your roles, your scripts, you know, your archetype. And it can be a cohesive sentence or it can just be a random string of words about your truth. But could you share with them who are you? What is your truth inside? I'm just going to give words and sensations. It is soft. It is quiet. It is elated and effervescent. It is golden and pastel and connected. It is listening. It is listened. It is remembering and being remembered. It is together. It is both heaven and earth. It is inclusive. It is presence. It is love. Thank you. That's beautiful. Where can listeners get a hold of you, learn more about your work, ways they can work with you, and where can they access this free offering? Yay. So on my school's website, which is wisewombmedicinepath.com, you can go up to the navigation and it says portal. And you click on that portal and then you click on the top announcement bar on the portal that'll say join the 10-day resilience ritual. And so this was a fly by the seat of my pants offering that I just did for donation for anyone that could join, wanted to join in to have space held and to go into practices right when we got the sort of pandemic news and everyone was kind of in the, oh my God, what's going on? So we did some really amazing practices and meditations and it's 10 days of them and they're uh, anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. So you can access them all there. And uh, and then you can find our offerings through Wise Womb Medicine Path. So all the virtual offerings are there. We do a resonance ritual mentorship 
uh, a couple times a year. And that's kind of where I appreciate all the participants of the school to begin because it really gets you in resonance for this work. And then we have a womb temple, which is more oriented for women and teaching them the sacred practices that I teach and also the first year of apprenticing with your own womb and going through that process while being supported by yours truly. And then I offer certifications is for practitioners that are pretty extensive. So those are all there. And then I also work remotely and in person when we're allowed to touch people. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, Naomi. I feel like this is so much of what people need right now. And it's just been an absolute honor and a joy to be able to sit with you and spend time. So I thank you. And listeners, I will put all of that information up on the show notes. You can reach out to me as well. And I'm happy to connect to you. So have a phenomenal week, everybody. Stay breath worthy. (laughs) Stay in that breath. Stay present and just enjoy the feeling of feeling. Have an amazing week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 